You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, we talk a ton about the $46.5 billion the federal government has sent out. It's to be distributed to states, local governments. And we talk about how at the end of June this year, only 6% of those funds have been distributed. Not very much, very, very little. And funding is having a difficult time getting to the landlords, getting to the tenants that owe rent and landlords that have been covering the tenant side of the equation for over a year now. So what does that actually look like? That's what we're talking about today here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. King County lags in distributing rent assistance for tenants and landlords. And we're going to take a look at some of the actual mechanics that the county I, I operate in, King County, is having. What's the delay? Why aren't landlords getting their money? That's what we're doing. Before we jump on in, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. And I read the news that reasonable people, they seem to like. Let's do this. All right, let's get into it. In the race to distribute millions of dollars in rent assistance to thousands of tenants, King County is lagging behind its neighbors. No, don't tell me that. Oh, the state's most populous county says it has distributed $6.5 million or 4.5% of the $145 million in available federal funding to help struggling renters and landlords. So there's $145 million large out there. And King County has basically distributed none of it. 4.5% is basically nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and we keep kicking out the moratorium on an eviction because we can't get the mechanisms right here. Pierce County has spent about 59%. Look at you go, Pierce County. Oh, doing work. Pierce County has spent about 59% of the $53.4 million in federal and state money. Snohomish County has spent about 47%. So, you know, Snohomish County coming in strong there second. So Pierce County is to the south of King. Think like Tacoma, Snohomish County up north, the county right to the north of us. Um, they've distributed about 47% of their 57.8 million. So obviously King County at 145 million bucks versus uh, 53 and 57 million. They're almost triple the amount because King County is just so big. All right, so we've got the ratios down here. But still, we should be up, we should have like um, 75, 70, 70 million dollars distributed. But we're, we're just we're, we're reimagining. And we're rethinking and we're reworking our distribution process, because we don't have one. King County says the process of building a new data system to manage the federal funds has slowed the distribution of money along with new federal requirements for verifying tenant and landlord information. Okay. All right. Does that make sense when for over a year, landlords have been covering the whole equation for tenants that due to whatever reasons don't have to pay? No, but the, the, the delay has left landlords and tenants anxious about when help will arrive. Anxious? People are freaking the F out. Yeah, landlords are being forced to make decisions long term on their assets because they basically have been hung out to dry throughout this process. Rent assistance paid mostly to landlords on the behalf of the tenants who are paid behind on their rent is a cornerstone of the government response to the pandemic driven housing instability. 
if this is a cornerstone, I, I, I don't want to see what the rest is because this has been a nightmare. This has been terrible. With millions of tenants across the country behind on rent, the federal government this year directed billions of dollars to local and state governments for payments to help tenants catch up. But much of that money has not made it to renters or landlords. And in King County's uh, case, roughly 95.5% of the money not in the local coffers, not there yet, mm, just trying to, or it's, or it's in the local and state coffers, it, it just hasn't made it to the landlords yet. It's, it's out there. The check is in the mail. I will, of course, I will love you in the morning. I mean, that's, that's my favorite go to line. When you're like, mm -hmm, yeah, okay. All right. About 9400 tenants and 1500 landlords have applied to King County for help. 9500 tenants. 1500 landlords. Some of the landlords represent multiple apartment buildings. All right, that makes sense. So far, the county has funded assistance for about 900 tenants. So less than 10% of the tenants with the latest round of money said Mark Ellerbrook. He's a division director at the, uh, the county's Department of Community and Human Services. The county plans to distribute an additional $4 million this week. Oh, we are really stepping up the game. Just going hard. Another 4 million out of 100 and 54? Whew, going hard in the paint. An estimated 101,000 renters in the Seattle-Tacoma-Bellevue area are behind on rent, according to recent survey data from the U.S. Census Bureau. I want to know how many of those are really behind on rent and how many are just gaming the system because they can. I, I haven't heard of a ton of cases where people are gaming the system, but enough where you're like, Okay, yeah, there's shenanigans going on out there. And I get I get emails from you guys, listeners, viewers all the time saying, here's my situation. And I'm a real estate guy. And I don't think this should have ever happened. There's plenty of other ways for the government to have gotten money out. This is not how this should have gone. This is just this is a debacle. This is almost as bad as the whole Afghan thing. Now, I haven't talked much about the Afghanistan thing. Um, because I think there are bigger and better channels that are better at analyzing international news and political news than I am. But here's my take. The planning on the um, getting out of Afghanistan was horrific. Horrific. So you hear the comparison of, oh, Afghanistan isn't, it's not Saigon you know, 2.0, fall of Saigon. Tell you what, I was like six when the fall of Saigon happened. Vietnam War, first war, and many of you already know this because a lot of you are, you know, you, you're, you're more mature than I am. Let's put it that way. And, um, and I love that because then I've got that perspective. I have you guys send me that perspective and I get that and that helps me out because I've only lived, you know, a certain span of years. And so one of my earliest memories of television was my family watching the fall of Saigon, um, April 30th, 1975. So I was like six, six and change. So like think first grade. I remember the television we, we had. I remember the red shag carpet we had because it was the seventies and that was so cool. Um, and my family, was a member of a church in Snohomish, Washington, in Snohomish County. And we sponsored, I think, a couple of families 
from Vietnam and brought them over because there were so many families in need, Vietnamese families in need because of the Vietnam War. So we paid particular attention. And, you know, 1973, we basically, I think we did the, the truce. But then, uh, you know, things just went wildly sideways. And, you know, you remember that iconic scene of the helicopter trying to take off with just a stream of people, almost like the Hillary step on Everest, a stream of people trying to get on that helicopter. Um, and that's one of my earliest memories. And I watched a lot of news back then, because you only had like four channels on TV, you didn't have CNN, you didn't have ESPN, you had like four local channels. And one of them like channel 13 was always crappy. So you watched the news because it was on. And my family watched a lot of news. My mom's from Australia and, you know, more of an international perspective than I think a lot of Americans have. And from what I've seen, the evacuation of Kabul was just a train wreck, horrible train wreck. And I've got, I've, I've got a lot of contacts here in the Afghani community. Um, business wise, there's a very big Afghanistan community down in Kent, Washington here, just not far from my office. And it's one of the reasons that Kent is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States is because of immigration from communities like that. And I text with people who have family members there in Afghanistan that are wildly concerned for their relatives. And I think it is a disaster what is going on. Um, yeah, just the planning on that evacuation. Just it's like, what, what, what are we going on there? And then the response, oh, President Biden, he'll, he'll, he'll get to you in a few days. And then the vice president, you got nothing, just what are we doing here? And then the president comes back and kind of makes a speech and basically blames everybody else. And then you've got images of, you know, basically the same damn thing. You got an airplane flying up, people falling off the airplane, people found in the fuselage of a jet that came out of, you know, Kabul joint base uh, here in, uh, in, in Tacoma. We've got a massive um, JBLM. Uh, you know, it's the comparisons to me, they're like, yeah, that looks a lot like the fall of Saigon. And then you've got President Biden like a month ago saying, oh, there's no comparison at all. And I'm like, mm, you know, I got to disagree. I was there. I kind of watched it on TV. I had that whole thing. Granted, I was really small, you know, like six, but it made an impression. And you're like, oh, this isn't good. My dad was a pallbearer at a couple of his friends who didn't come back. Well, they came back in body bags from Vietnam. So, you know, it, it, it does, you know, it resonates very, very soundly with me um, that that's a massive train wreck in, in, in Kabul. And current government leadership from the US is basically to blame. I'll leave it at that. How's that? All right, let's get back to why federal money isn't getting into the hands of landlords. How about that? Because that the whole international thing, 
I'm not an international guy, and I'm not versed on that very well. I can share you my experience. And that's about my experience. And when I see what's going on in Afghanistan, I'm like, we didn't learn a lot from Vietnam, did we? No, we didn't. Hmm. Yep. Waiting for rent assistance has been incredibly stressful, said Adam, a renter in Ballard who lost work at a startup early in the pandemic and fell behind on rent. He asked not to be fully identified because he's still looking for work. I, I find it interesting that the, I, I read articles of there's 250 job postings at SeaTac Airport that the places that I go to for like my haircut and stuff like that, they can't get people to even come in for interviews on basic jobs. And I understand that maybe this, this tenant is, he's in a specialty field, something that was really impacted by the coronavirus shutdown. Yet I, I'm having difficulty with people not being able to get a job in this market. Go find something, scramble, do what you got to do. But don't just do nothing. You know, it it boggles my mind. And maybe I'm being judgmental. Maybe I'm just sitting here going, well, Sean, you're in a different position. You own a couple of companies. You read the news. Uh, you're not really one to talk. Okay, but look at all the other stuff out there. And you see it too, I'm sure. And you're kind of like, all right, can't find a job. Um, what's 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 the dealio? You got to pay your rent somehow. But in today's market, you don't. Oh, we're just going to wait on the government and they'll probably give me a free handout. This has never happened this way. Pandemic shuts the thing, shuts the market down. Eviction moratorium. People don't have to pay rent. They won't get evicted. The whole thing is backwards. As his landlady repeatedly asked for payments, it was difficult to focus on doing anything. Well, you signed a contract, you're supposed to pay. I understand that's stressful. But unfortunately, that is just how this works. That's how life works. It's stressful. After applying for help in May, it took the landlord calling and pleading to United Way to eventually get approved. All right, and I understand that whole process is stressful. But I am basically saying, hey, the government needs to get a move on, get this stuff going, get the money out because it's there, figure it out. Because other areas, they're distributing funds, um, like, you know, Pearson, Snohomish County, but um, King, just not really doing much. And you're seeing a lot of stuff out there as far as other counties doing the same thing. King is not much. In early July, he received notice that King County would pay 21400 to cover back rent and his next three months of rent. But Adam said as of this week, his landlord still has not received the funds from the county. Now, well, checks in the mail. I'll love you in the morning. I don't know how they didn't manage to be more prepared, he said. As delays stretch on, some landlords or property managers have now sought to remove their applications for county assistance. Opting out releases them from county rules meant to offer tenant stability. Once landlords have applied for the King County program, they cannot raise rent or evict, except in limited circumstances, until the end of this year. So, so far, let's get rid of that. So far, five landlords or property management companies representing 123 rental properties have removed their applications, according to King County. This is what I talk about a lot, is people are like, I don't know when I'm going to get paid. This has gotten bad enough. 
I am going to do what I need to do on my end. I'm going to take myself out of this process. I am pulling the exit plug. So 123 rental properties, they remove their applications. Yeah, we're not participating. We're going to go down a different road. Thank you very little. We're moving on. You're stuck. You've agreed to this contract. So you can't administer something like a rent increase. But you're also not receiving the funding that you should be to offset that. So when you go down these roads of trying to get the federal money, you basically sign a contract and commit to okay, I, I will not do this, this, this and this, basically, you're frozen in place. All right, that's one thing. That's on the promise that you're going to get XYZ amount of dollars, right? And so you're committed and months and months and months are going by here. And people are like, okay, did all that I'm stuck. Where's my money? Um, the company has received about 12 million in assistance from Snohomish County, but it's still waiting for funds in King County. That is uh, the uh, HNN communities, which manages about 7500 units across Washington, mostly affordable rent rental housing. So they've got 12 million in assistance from Snohomish County. But in King, yep, big Zippo. Dean said HNN will consider withdrawing their application if money doesn't flow in coming weeks, though. That's not our goal. So nobody wants to go down this road. But you got to make a decision. The thing about being a landlord or being a business owner is that at times, you got to make a decision. And sometimes they're hard decisions. And it's economics. It's, it's not based on feelings. You might really like your tenant. But in order to keep that economic asset, you got to make choices that are difficult, that are hard. And sometimes they mean people got to go. And that's the point that we're at right now. So uh, to explain the delay in distributing funds, King County officials have pointed to ongoing construction of a data system to manage thousands of applications from tenants and landlords. So they just didn't have a system in place. I mean, that's, that's what we're being told, right? Federal rules also require more documentation than was necessary in an earlier round of funding. And King County is managing a far larger amount of money than other counties. Okay, about triple of the two neighboring counties, right? Okay, I get that. But King or but Snohomish and, and Pierce County, they figured out how to distribute a big chunk. Where's the I, I, I'm just I'm just missing it here. I'm missing it. Is King County just that screwed up? It kind of seems that way, right? Oh, we're working on our system. It's a big system. Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's big. It's complex. It's got a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to reimagine and reconsider and rethink. I don't know. Last year, King County used a more rudimentary system to dole out about 38 million in rent assistance. All right. Okay, um, but you got that money out. You know, maybe, maybe since a year has gone by and landlords haven't seen much in the way of you know, repayment. Maybe you just go back to that old one and dump some money in there and get it out and you figure it out later. Maybe that's what you do. I don't think any one thing went wrong. We're building a very complicated data system that in normal circumstances would be done in six to nine months, Ellerbrook said. All right, how long has it been? It's been like a year. It's been a year. Uh, plus, because people have been asking for rent, you know, assistance for the entire pandemic, right? But the county also opted for a different approach than some other local governments. King County contracted with an outside company called Grant Care 
for about $501,400 to build the new data and tracking system. The county says it has so far paid the company about $200,000. Oh, I feel so much better now. All right, so we have paid out two fifths about 40% of what we owe on this system. So am I led to believe that 40% of the system is in place? I don't know. Initial contract documents contemplated that uh, rent assistance money would start to flow by May. Let's see what month are we now roughly August, I'm no genius, but we're well past that. The county later estimated mid July, oh, it's going to be May, oh, it's going to be mid July, and then said it started making payments in late July. So supposedly, payments have been being made for a couple of weeks now. We'll find out here shortly. But I haven't heard of anybody that's really been compensated from the landlord end. Most people are just waiting. King County has now started testing and using the database for some limited uses and plans to begin to ramp up its use in coming weeks. All right, that's good. Ramp that mofo up. Get the money out, right? Grant Care declined to answer questions about specific causes of the delay. Shocking. Not. Said CEO Lane Lucas, and everyone is committed to dispersing these funds to eligible landlords and tenants as fast as possible. And yet, doesn't really look like that's happening. So is this as fast as possible? Apparently it is. All right, there, there's hangups. We don't really know. We're not getting specifics. But here's the dealio. We're making this new data system, then we're going to execute based on the data system, even though other counties are far ahead of us that have who knows what kind of do I don't we just ah, so frustrating. Other local governments either did not rely on outside contractors to build new systems or pivoted when those projects took longer than expected. Don't get me started. Why do I live in this county? I don't know. Pierce County tracks its funds in house. Snohomish County has relied largely on the Volunteers of America, which has an internal database. All right, I've heard of Volunteers of America. Now, maybe they just maybe they don't have big enough systems for 150 million, 154 million dollars. I don't know. But I'm just kind of thinking, if counties on either side of you have done it, it's doable. Let's do what they're doing. No, we're just going to go down this road. We've got this new database. It's going to take time. Got to reimagine. We got to rethink. In the meantime, landlords are just, okay, yo, no money coming in. We have considered a new system, but we also heard from various entities around about the challenges they encountered, said Jackie Anderson, division manager of the Snohomish County Human Services Department. The city of Seattle initially contracted with Grant Care to build a software system for its rent assistance program. That system was slated to launch in June. But after delays, the city shifted to interim systems, such as spreadsheets and United Way's existing database, said Stephanie Velasco, spokesperson for the uh, Seattle Office of Housing. So here's the bottom line. There's no, there was no system in place to get these federal funds into local into the hands of landlords. There's just no system. So everybody's just kind of punting on what they're doing. Will there be some massive repercussions down the road for sending out funds to you, you know, where there'll be these cases of fraud, just like you've seen with the PPP, the payroll protection program, federal money going into businesses. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see that you're going to see some cases of fraud. But right now, what's most important is was this this eviction moratorium is to get some of this money, your and my money 
that the federal government is allotted into the hands of landlords. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I, I don't have any interest in what the landlords, I don't have a, I'm not on the landlord's payroll. Let's, let's just say that. I'm just on principle. This whole thing is so maddening, so maddening. That's why I'm reading about it now, right? Because this is this is a reasonable thing to do is to air what's going on, talk about it. And then yeah, nothing gets done. All right. Yeah, welcome to 2021, right? Seattle now expects its grant care system to launch next week. Excellent. Velasco said, the city has paid the company about 157,900 so far of the total $451,300 contract. All right, so percentage wise, that is a third. So we've paid a third of the contract there. Am I led to believe that a third of the program is done roughly ish, and you're going to launch it? <sighs> you know what, we're behind. Let's just launch this bad boy and see what happens. We're just gonna just gonna float this up in the sky and, you know, get those contacts in there and send out that money. I don't know. It just it just seems like this is so arbitrary. Even once more money starts flowing from even once more money starts flowing from King County, the need will far outstrip the funds. And that's what I've heard a lot, is that a lot of landlords when they kind of analyze and real estate companies when they analyze, there's not enough Fed money out there. So Landlords are going to get screwed either which way, either from opting out of the system, which we've already read, that is a thing, not getting enough money, um, they're only going to get partial payment. And uh, yeah, the, the whole thing just stinks. King County estimates that at least 60,000 households with low incomes need assistance. With current funds, Ellerbrook said the county expects to have enough money to help about 35,000. So just over half, over half. All right, so even when this money comes, you're going to have 30 or 25,000 people potentially, you know, on the chopping block for eviction. And what I say a lot in when we get to this point is that just because people get evicted doesn't mean they end up in the homeless encampment, which I read about so often, right? It that doesn't mean that. And just because people might be up for eviction, it doesn't mean the landlords are going to do that. Because if the landlords, if they're good tenants, and they've communicated with the landlord, you're seeing some stuff like that, where landlords are like, okay, if you can pay, I understand you got your job back, and you're down that rent. All right, let's cut a deal. Let's make this work. There's a lot of that going on. There's also an awful lot of landlords just flat eating what they're owed in order to move on with their asset in the direction that they need to. And a lot of what I'm focusing on right now is how much rents are skyrocketing and going to the moon. They're going to the moon. I've had some of you reach out and say that you think uh, rents will increase by 50 as much as 50% by 2022 from 2019 to 2022. That seems like an excessive amount. But you know what? That could happen. That could happen. Those are some crazy increases. Because how much is the how much is the real estate market increased? How much has it gone up in that time period? 35, 40%? Uh, you know, I'd have to look at those actual numbers. How much did it go up in 2019? How much in 2020? 2020, we had some dips and some bumps there, didn't we? Roughly February, March, April. 
things were a little, they were a little tentative, a little, little sketchy. But then once the market started cranking again with those low interest rates and people just, I've got to get a bigger house. We've been off to the races. And here in 2021, I just ran through the numbers with my uh, office manager on how many transactions we have going in August. And it's crazy. There's a crazy amount of activity still out there because people are doing stuff. They're getting jobs in areas like Seattle, believe it or not, I know it's shocking. And interest rates are at historical lows. So people are taking advantage of that. So a lot of stuff going on, rents to the moon, federal funds not getting distributed where they need, because we got a system that has got some delays. So we are in for a real let's call it meeting of the minds here come October 3rd, when that CDC eviction moratorium and that's if it doesn't get overturned before that, based on the fact that it's illegal, illegal, just not constitutional and probably illegal. I mean, even even our fearless leader, Joe Biden, who's doing a stellar job in Afghanistan. Um, even he said, oh, there's, there's some there's some issues with the legality of the federal eviction moratorium based on the CDC. There's some there's some issues there, but we're just gonna we're gonna try and buy us ourselves some time because of this issue, which is not able to get the money through the right systems. We're dawdling around with creating new systems. We've just got stuff going on. In the meantime, landlords are like, hey, I've been paying for a year. Tenant hasn't paid stuff. They haven't paid anything. They owe me 21 grand. I mean, I've seen some horrific numbers from you guys that you've sent in. Tenant owes me this. Uh, tenant left. I'm not going to be able to see the money. Tenant has stopped communication. I can't get them to enter into a contract. I see a lot of that stuff. And that's that's horrible. Landlords shouldn't have to deal with that. That's not what they signed up for when they bought a rental property. That wasn't on the purchase and sale of contact uh, agreement. I know because that's that's literally what I do. I review purchase and sale agreements. I help my brokers out and stuff like that. And not once have I seen a contract that said, you know, if a pandemic comes along, do you agree to, in the case of an eviction moratorium, basically cover the tenant's rents for a year, year and a half? Are you okay with that? Because most landlords, if they saw that on a contract, they would go, uh, nope. No, I'm not. Or, hey, here's the price I will pay to purchase this property if that's the case. And what that translates to is rents going to the moon because now that risk is out there. It's on the table. It's literally on the table. That is a risk that landlords now realize this is something moving forward. We have another pandemic, which oh, do you think that might happen? Mm certainly could, couldn't it? And if that's the case, landlords, they are going to cover their rear, rear end. And this is truly a supply and demand thing. I'm going to get as much rent as I can, I'm going to do what the market will bear. And the market's going to bear a lot. Because you've got a constriction of the supply, and a bunch of other circumstances happening, where rental properties are going to become few and far between. Because a lot of these properties that have been rentals are being purchased, they're being sold and purchased, and they're not being they're not being retained as rental properties, they're owner occupied properties. So got that whole scenario going on, 
Come October, and I think this will, I think, I think legally we'll get to October. The beauty of saying that on a podcast is people can go, hey, you said this on this. Kind of like the clips that you can watch of our fearless president, Joe Biden, talking about how there's no way the Taliban could take over Kabul. There's no way the Afghan army would just give it up. There's no way. That's not, is, is Kabul another, uh, uh, Saigon? Absolutely not. There is no comparison. You got to watch that, right? <laughs> right on YouTube. All right. Uh, that's not what you said. So I think October 3rd comes and, um, and then the next few weeks, I guess like six weeks or so, it's going to be interesting. I'll do more podcasts, guaranteed. Okay. That's it for me on this one. Um, yeah. So that's why federal money having a tough time getting to where it needs to go because we don't have the mechanisms in place, even though we should have already. It's kind of like not having a, an evacuation plan, an exit strategy, when you know that that event is happening. If you know that you're going to be doing something like this, this is a possibility down the road, you need to put that together, Johnny Split, quick, right? Hmm, not happening. Okay. That's it for me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next one. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.